Theory of the Legion contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Theory of the Legion. Welcome to the Fury of the Legion podcast. I am Alex. And I'm Phil. And uh, we're, we're back for the first time in a little while. It's been a, it's been a fairly hectic month or so for the uh, Johnston clan. Yeah, we've, uh, we're coming in live via satellite today, directly from the Lapper colony where you've been secluded for the last few weeks. Yeah. With your second dose of the spicy cough. Yes, I've had Kona, uh, Kona, Corona twice so far. Yeah. Um, I say so far because I expected, you know, well, I hoped for zero. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's been twice in reasonably quick succession, which is uh, not meant to be the, the way it happens, but it is the yep. way it, it has happened. <laughs> praise Nurgle. No, do you know what? Fuck that guy. I think he's had <laughs> enough praise so far. I think, do you know what? How about the next... Pl- um, like worldwide plague be something slaneshi, okay? <laughs> Let's just fuck it. That sounds like the plot of an excellent film called Flesh Gordon, which is the this dirty parody of Flash Gordon. And basically, there's like this, <laughs> it's like a sex disease or some shit. Uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, that sounds cool. good. It sounds like a more it, fun it's version. Fucking hilarious. It's that. hilarious. Oh, what was that film we watched um, where it's an STD curse? STD curse. Oh, It Follows. Yeah, it's it like follows. that, but the, it's like the fun version of It Follows where most people survive and they just get pleasured. It's pretty funny. That sounds way better than Corona. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. If, yeah. Although Is there it... are giant penises in that. They're like dinosaur-sized, so, you know, careful what you wish for. Yeah, anyway, anyway so someone will be happy. <laughs> Is it cheating so, if yeah, it's like a it's microbe? That's <laughs> some sort of like viral infection that does it to you? I don't think so. Get out of jail free card. Come on, Slanesh. Anyway, Horace. So we're back. Um, and in the meantime, I've been well. So I've been playing Zomortalis, which is the topic of today's episode. Because we fucking love Zomortalis. Uh, so we're back in the zone. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's sick. Yeah, I mean, Zomortalis was my, um, I think, well, along with Centurion, but uh, was my preferred way of playing 1.0. Um, for those who haven't played it um, or haven't seen it, if you've somehow managed to avoid that in, in 1.0, um, it's basically the the form of the game that uh, it's a lot smaller, skirmish size, so to speak, and it kind of ta- it's it's the rule set to allow you um, to do like boarding actions or um, that kind of thing where you're you're fighting in hallways or tight confined spaces, not your yeah. typical pitch battle kind of scenario. Although I, yeah, I don't think you would call it a pitch battle in the fortieth millennium. No, but yeah, it's like it's your Space Hulk sort of analog for 30k. Yeah, so along with that comes spaceships and like 
uh, underground bunkers and anything where you know corridors and doors and that kind of that kind of vibe. Yeah. 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 So it's like close quarters and like a bit more intense, a bit more, uh, it's, well, obviously infantry focused. Uh, no tanks, no vehicles, pretty much. So no vehicles at all, actually, this time around, which is very interesting. But yeah, and, and it's just like a bit quicker, it's a bit more violent. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I love it. Well, I think they made the no vehicle thing um, really explicit. Because uh, I. <laughs> yeah. Doing my. Uh on the couch delirious research for this episode um i did a quick uh youtube and google search google search for um the way people have been playing zone mortalis since we sort of had our little separation temporary separation Mm. from warhammer and uh yeah, I think making the no vehicle thing really explicit is going to be helpful for people. I was seeing fucking rhinos flying down corridors and spaaceships and shit. Like, it was pretty oh, weird. Oh, man. That's dumb. Well, That's look, pretty dumb. Uh, like, even land speeders is a bit dumb. Like, you're just going to get that Austin Powers moment where they, like, <laughs> they get into the un- unparkable situation. Yeah, well, aren't land speeders meant to be, like, incredibly fast? Yeah. So, like an incredibly fast drive into a wall <laughs> yeah I can't, yeah no big deal though um but yeah so so we love zm because it's yeah, it's the skirmish version so you get more games in and it's it's just more violent it's more up in your face and cool setting right like you're you're on a ship or you're you're breaching a fortress or something like that it's just yeah it's cool yeah and uh, yeah i mean we'll go into this more in detail as as we sort of talk about it but uh yeah it's a it's a sweet format because it gives units and weapon types that may not normally appear or be as effective on say a regular uh age of darkness game uh a chance to shine which i really like and it helps you sort of really realize the full breadth of the kind of narrative stuff that you get from the books because it isn't always on a flat, you know, or a terrainy battlefield. Like a lot of the time they are in the Zone Mortalis. They are, you know, invading a building or whatever. And so yeah, it's cool to be able to relive those kind of moments. Yeah, and like my favorite uses of Zone Mortalis in events, say, have been alongside and it works really well in this context, I think, alongside other game systems. Yeah, um, it's really so, complementary. Yeah, so a partner to um, Battlefleet, or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, BFG, yeah. Yeah, or... Um, Battlefleet Gothic. Uh, or Yeah, cool. exactly, or like, boarding actions. Yeah, I mean, people have done that for sure at events. It's, it's really cool. And yeah, it's, it's also just a really good way for people to get introduced to heresy because, uh, you know, you can play ZM with the new starter box, for example, and you'll have uh, a great force and you can take it a, a wide range of different ways as well with very little alteration and it will play quite differently and feel quite different and... Yeah, it's just a great entry level thing, which is which is kind of why I'm always baffled that they don't support it more. But I suspect yes. we will probably get more in the future. 
it, it always just shocks me that they don't lead with the the smaller scale stuff with their games so that they can get people in with a sort of entry level bug and then you know ease them into 2500 point games but yeah that's just me yeah yeah i mean i agree i guess sorry before we go any further should, should explain uh for people who are going looking at their rule books and being like what the hell is zone mortalis where where are you getting this from um, yeah for new players particularly yes sorry. So, yeah no we got a little bit ahead of ourselves which is a uh, bad habit we have um so it's so, so in horace heresy 1.0 it was a it was um oh wow i'm having a mind blank take it away Phil. I'll, I'll, I'll step in for the mind fog here so it actually started in the first heresy black book so yes. in the in the very first one it was one of the which is clever right like it was one of the different ways of playing and it was, you know they even had a campaign option and such uh, but they didn't they didn't include that in the current second ed heresy main book but they followed up the release of or well, the re-release of heresy with a white dwarf article um, for those who are lucky enough to be able to find it it was like white dwarf four seven seven I think. And uh, I actually didn't manage to get it, and I couldn't find it. But I had someone, you know, share me some of the information um, through some pretty blurry pictures, which I then was able to um, create a much clearer, more concise document, which I will share and have already shared on the Facebook, but I'll share in the in the episode notes so that people can. It's printable, and it's just a bit clearer. Uh, a little bit less fluffy, just all the rules in a in a more you know concise way, uh, delivered yes. in a concise way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the rules are not very easy to get yet, um, and I I suspect, and they've already said as much, they will be releasing more elaborate and more supported ZM rules in the near future. And considering the rate at which we're getting stuff. It probably will be this year. That's my guess. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, I also uh, suspect it'll be part of like a greater campaign style supplement where it's like, here's all the different ways that you can play and how they could interact. Because, you know, <laughs> they'd be mad not to because that's so much of what we, like Wiz the community did with Heresy was to create this like symbiosis between all these different formats, which was like super cool in events. Well, you're not going to be able to do, um, like, missions on the vengeful spirit, set on the vengeful spirit, or um, in the emperor's palace, or maybe you could there because it's so massive, or whatever. You know, like those kinds of heresy events. You're not necessarily going to be able to recreate those um, without, without it. Yeah, yeah without Zone Mortalis, or or at least some sort of stand-in um, for for the different. Battlefield type, because it's completely yeah, it's unlikely. It's unlikely to see a Typhon driving up to the Golden Throne. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so you're totally right. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a really important narrative thing, and I think they. I'm hoping that they will do more support for it. But at the moment, what we have is a fairly bare bones, but um, 
really good toolbox, sandbox, if you will, sorry, for creating your own small scale missions. Because yes. um, the, the mission that came out with the White Dwarf is pretty bad. Um, and we can talk about that at some other point. But uh, And so uh, I, when I played it a couple of times, uh, on the second time, I said to my opponent, who was Sam, hi, Sam, if you're listening, uh, look, we just need to fix this because, you know, here are the flaws of it. And he and I sort of um, created a, created our own more balanced intro mission, which I then wrote up. I will also share that in the in the notes. So I think it's a much better intro. Fantastic. Um, uh, and you know, honestly, it's it's not that hard. So, if you have some very basic ideas about how to balance missions, then you can make your own. Like we, we did it on the fly. You know, yeah. I wrote it up in a nice way using the old template and such, so it looks nice. But it's not. It wasn't very difficult to do because you know we've played. We've all played war games, and even if you haven't, have a crack at it because it's you know. <laughs> It's only going to take you an hour and a half to play, and you go, "Oh, that didn't work. I wonder why." And you can just, you know, it's flexible. It's it's a cool sandbox, and the rules themselves, simple though they were in the White Dwarf, they fundamentally change how the game feels, and we'll talk about that soon. And, and I love it. I reckon it's great. Like, how much Zone Mortalis did we play in Heresy One? Like, yeah, maybe fifty percent of our games. Yeah, yeah, it's um. And I think it's better. I so, think it's better now. Yeah, well, that's in, so, in, interesting to hear that it's better because, yeah, as you said, we played shitloads of it. It was sick. So Yeah, and so let, let's talk about the rules. Let's talk about what Zone Mortalis is. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's so jump just in. Loading up the Zone Mortalis core rules PDF. Uh, so first of all, it's uh, usually smaller. Yeah, so, yeah. So this is the big. Th- this is the big thing for uh, like why it's good for new players. I think um, the game size is typically a lot small. Um, so they're, they're suggested points, uh, or they have suggested points levels that correlate with table size, um, which is kind of another thing that makes it easy to get into. But I mean, that's a different point. So <clears throat> you, yeah, starting from five. 100 points or zero to 500 all the way up to 2000 to 3000 points they have sort of increasing table sizes from two by two uh up to four by six respectively um, yeah and like having played a few games now it feels like the sweet spot is thousand points yep. uh, on a on a three by three um which is kind of the maximum that you can play on a three by three because then after that, you're getting into the 4 by 4 stage. And one thing we learned from Heresy 1 was when you're in the 4 by 4 I mean, it's cool, obviously. The bigger the table, the cooler it is. But your slow units can get outmaneuvered because they can just, you know, for, if you can't run, for example, if you're running heavy units, yep. you are potentially just going to get kited or, you know, kept somebody will be able to keep their distance from you for the entirety of the game. Which yeah. sucks, right? Yeah, because like I guess we should say for people, um, a typical zone more tireless table will also differ not only in size; it'll have typically a lot of walls on it, or, or something to Eight. create hallways and pathways and and corners yep. and doors. And there's even rules for doors, but um, 
Yeah, we'll get into that soon. Yeah, and, and like and if you've if you've been keeping up to date with any of the plastic terrain that they've been releasing for um, Necromunda and maybe Kill Team, they've actually been releasing Zomortalis terrain. And one of the more recent Necromunda box sets came with this three by three foot modular tile system. Oh yeah, and that is actually really good place to start mentally with how to build your own tables and in fact what i used as a model for mine Mm -hmm. um although mine is even more modular but i use this sort of the the rough dimensions of it to give you to give me a sense of how to how much terrain i needed and like i can i've got a three by three table now where it you can create spaces where dreadnoughts can't get into for example but infantry can which makes for really cool you know, dynamic movement stuff because, yeah, it, it makes sense, right? Dreadnoughts are huge. Yes. They're not, they're not coming through like, you know, a regular person-sized door. So, yeah, it's dense. You want density of terrain. Yeah, exactly. And, um... and so the other difference is, is that unlike Age of Darkness, there's only one Force Org chart so far. That may change. <clears throat> and historically, we saw differences between like attacker and defender. I'm not sure they'll go that route this time because it was actually a bit of a pain in terms of events to try and tee that up or to have like multiple lists. So they've just kind of condensed it down to one force org for now. Uh, and that yeah, is a lot more limited than the Age of Darkness one. So you've got one HQ and one troops that you have to take. And then your optionals are four extra troops. You've got, actually, I didn't include it, but you've got one extra HQ option. Yep. Only two elite, two fast, only one heavy, and you can run a Primark. Um, But I would would not recommend doing that unless you're on like a much bigger table or something. But, you know, for a normal game of like, say, a thousand points, it's um it's a nice limitation, but it's not too restrictive. Like you're still going to get your toys, but it's not um so permissive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I mean like I think everyone can probably figure out that a Primark in this kind of game would be pretty obnoxious. Um, yeah, it's definitely a uh, organize with your friend. Like let's do a Primark fight. Um, you know, let's play two thousand points or three thousand points on a four by six and bring a Primark in that context. Fine. You know, you, you prepared, but don't, don't rock up and just play some, somebody with a Primark in your list. Cause you know, I always like the idea quick, of um, setting quick up way to some... lose a friend. Yeah. Yeah. But on that, I liked making um, the idea of making a mission where it's like dark angels search parties in the board, in the depths of their ship. And there's like radar blips and, and whatever. And they're hunting. Oh, we can totally do that. We can, well, hunting yeah. Night Haunter. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, that sounds and there's sick. Like, there's like, because that's kind of, um, that's kind of harkening back to Space Hulk, where there was the totally. radar blitz, blips and shit. Um, which is totally classic, Absolutely. classic game. Uh, really sick. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, again, it's Space Hulky. So any anything that you liked about Space Hulk, you can add to this. You can make your own flavor of it. Like it's it's a sandbox. 
uh, okay, so the other things that are sort of different from Age of Darkness is that your unit size maximum is 15. Uh, you can, uh, you know, if you have like an apothecary or a tech marine join, then it can go above 15, but 15 usually. Independent yep. characters can join, that's normal. Um, no vehicles, armages, or dedicated transports. Yep. And your dreadmorts or automata or monstrous stuff caps out at seven wounds. So this is pretty Sorry. critical. Can't have more than seven. So you can't have a Leviathan and you can't have a Marigal. Yep. So it's, it's, and it probably will also exclude the Custodes Dreadnought, it's my guess, but we don't know that yet. Uh, uh, also, no models with anti graph subtypes. So it's quite restrictive. It's infantry based um, and smaller Dreadnoughts. So, I mean, it's still, you can still have a Castellax. So it's not, or a, or a, um, what do you call them? Uh, Domitars? <laughs> yeah, no, not Domitars too big. No, actually, you can have Domitars. Yeah, are they seven, six or seven wins? I think they're seven wins. You have my mechanic, okay, so... my mechanics book, so I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't find it. It's under a bunch of shit. But yeah, so you're still getting dreadnoughts. Um, you're still getting, you know, most robots. Yeah, it's just excluding things like leviathans, which is good because, like, I mean, I know that they eventually basically patched leviathans out of Zone Mortalis, but I played. Mm-hmm. Zone Mortalis when you could have Leviathans and it was fucking dumb. Yeah, and they'll be even dumber now. So yes, it it's out. Don't do it. Can't be done. I mean, sure, it's your game. <laughs> if you and a friend wanted to throw down Leviathans, go for it. But like, probably it's gonna suck. Yeah, because like, yeah, I mean, you just don't have the opportunity to, opportunity to shoot them like you do in a regular yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Like shooting yeah, and is that's so rare with... if you're yeah. well, relatively rare. Um, and the reason for that is actually the next thing I was going to say. Reactions in Zone Mortalis are different to Age of Darkness. Yes, so quite different. It, as an introduction to heresy, the fact that they have different reactions isn't such a big deal because it's still introducing you to the concept it's just that the you know the particulars of the reactions are slightly different so in zone mortalis you don't use the core ones you don't um use faction specific ones you can use like standard advanced reactions so things like um intercept that's still okay yep but the core reactions now are the zone mortalis ones and they they make such a difference to the way the game feels compared to first ed. Yes. So in the movement phase, oh, one other thing I should say, and the other reason why I think a thousand points is a really good sweet spot in one thousand point games or less, you're limited to one reaction each phase, no exceptions. So it's kind of like the highest point level that you can play uh, without getting into like multi reaction stuff, which I think. You know, multi-reactions really benefits much larger games, in my opinion, because you stop having just, like, obvious choices. Um, And at at a 1,000 points, you still have to make decisions, like, do I do the reaction now? Do I not? Like, it actually matters. Whereas once you've basically got, you know, two reactions in the phase that you want, 
you're not making a decision. You're just always reacting. So it's not as interesting until you get to much, much higher points levels. So anyway, 1,000 yep. points seems to be good. So the movement phase reaction is called suppress. Yep. And it's kind of like your classic overwatch in the sense that a unit sits there and when something walks in front of it, in this case, um, if an enemy unit ends up uh, stops their movement within 12 inches of you and you've got line of sight, you can shoot them. And it's snap fire rather than full ballistic skill reaction as per Age of Darkness. So that makes a huge difference. Uh, as we all know, like a, people are definitely noticing that the full BS reaction for shooting in Age of Darkness is powerful and it really makes shooting quite strong. Yes. So the fact that you don't have that in Zone Mortalis means that shooting is its obviously still strong, but it's not as prioritized. So there's going to be more combat. It's kind of uh, interesting. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say... Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say that just before I finish, the exception to that is that template weapons use Wall of Death instead. So they yep. don't snap fire. It's yep. the D3 hits, but that's only if the unit is within eight inches. Yes. So... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. I was going to say uh, it's kind of interesting because um, one of the things about Zone Mortalis in the previous edition, um, I'm going back in my memory a bit on this, but I believe you used to take an initiative test, and if you pass, you could you could do Overwatch, um. Which was just it's not in a response to a charge. Response yeah. to a charge, and that was full ballistic skill, unlike the regular game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really interesting because it made shooting units like so clearly the best thing in Zone Mortalis. It was a bit, mm -hmm. it was a little bit uh, unintuitive to me that that was the case. Um, mm -hmm. Like I felt like, and they're still good. They're still good, but they're not. It doesn't just you don't you, yeah you don't um you don't fear charging or things now which is cool yeah like like before but you will think twice about walking in front of a big unit with guns do you know what I mean so it's still it has a tactical element and you can set up um, Overwatch places that are shit for your opponent to sit in. And if you have flamers, it's particularly brutal. You can set up situations where people go, well, I'm not. I don't want to end yep. my movement anywhere near there because I'm just going to get my, my tushy burnt. Yeah, I so mean, this is huge for flamers, isn't it? Because it's like yep. uh, best Overwatch you can get. In yeah, this exactly. Format. And like it's total movement um, control. Like you're controlling how people can move around the board. Um, but, you know, they can make a calculated decision as to whether or not they want to weather that. So, like, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. So next, the next up, and the one that I think makes the biggest difference to the game, is the shooting face reaction. Sorry, shooting phase reaction, which is displace. And so displace is the way it works is your opponent says, "All right, my squad's going to shoot that squad." Now, before you roll any dice, the unit that your opponent's shooting can move up to its. Uh, unmodified initiative in inches and then they start resolving the shooting attack and so that means you can actually just 
pop around a corner and they can't shoot you. If they can't see you, they don't roll anything and they can't choose a new unit. Yeah, that's super savage. And so it makes really interesting situations. And again, because you only have one reaction, you have to sort of decide, oh, which unit am I going to do this with if you get, you know, multiple chances to do it. So and so any you get to have choose... like extra movement. Sorry, go on. You get to choose which direction you move. Yep. So that's this one really is good. It's just free movement. And so that's free movement for one unit. So you could hide around a corner. You can back away from a, uh, a unit that has a short-range gun. Yep. You could move towards a unit if you need to for whatever reason. Spread out. Um, you can spread out. like the, yeah. And so it's, it's obviously very powerful, and it makes shooting worse. Yeah. So, which is, which is cool, right? Because <laughs> combat is usually worse than shooting in Warhammer. And so the fact that a close quarters game is preferencing as combat is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, I like this reaction. Yeah, so, and again, it's only once. So you can bait it out. You can make your opponent have to make tough decisions. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's just really cool. The games I've played, the shooting reaction was, and the movement phase reaction which are both shooting and movement, it just made for really dynamic back and forth situations that were really, really interesting. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a, a rolling gunfight almost where people are falling in and out of cover and moving and going exactly. down the hall and, and someone will, you know, another unit will be putting down Overwatch or suppression fire and all that kind of shit. Super sweet. Yeah, and it just means that you're playing in each other's turns a lot more and it feels way more fluid and dynamic and exciting like you'd expect a boarding action or a storming a building to feel. Like it's not static, it's not stayed, you know, my unit moves and then shoots yours. Like everything's happening all at once and it's just really, yeah, it's way more dynamic. Yeah. And so the final reaction is the assault phase one, which is called brace. So this one's interesting you make a morale test sorry morale check uh, if you fail you fall back away from the charging unit directly away so this one you don't get to choose 1d6 inches and then you automatically regroup so it might mean that your opponent can't charge you because you've just added d6 inches yeah it's kind of like everyone gets a version of the Night Lord's advanced reaction. Yeah, exactly. And then on a success, you're sort of fearless for that turn, sort of. So it means that if you would fail, um, if you would uh, not fail, if you would lose combat, you automatically pass any morale check that you're required to make because of losing the assault. So you're not running away from assault if you lose. Mm -hmm. which means you're not going to get swept. So it's really, it's bracing, and, which is cool. And sweeping is basically one of the, or is basically the premier way of um, deleting units in, totally. in, in, this, in this format, because you don't have tanks and shit. You don't have huge gun lines. Yeah, and because it's such a combat 
melee-focused um, way of playing. This can mean your scoring unit, which maybe isn't the choppiest unit in your army, is going to stick around, hopefully, giving time for your other unit to come and help out. Yeah. So, which, you know, which is also really cinematic and dynamic, right? It's like <laughs> this plucky squad of, uh, you know, attack marines sees a, a squad of terminators with lightning claws lumbering towards them and they're like, uh, hold on for reinforcements and try and just stick it out until, yeah, it's just really cool. And it gives, um, it gives uh, armies, and so, I mean, we're going to reference this a lot, but Contemptors were king of, of Zone Montalus 1, at least in my opinion. You know, that's the word I couldn't bring to mind before. Yeah, Contemptors are still in the game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, I was like, Castellag's fucking... What are they called? I still got brain fog as well. That's funny. Um, I didn't. I thought you were just looking for Castlex, so I was like, "Yeah, he's got it." Um, <laughs> Nailed it, Phil. Dude, you did. You barely even had to try for a word. What are you talking about, brain fog? Anyway, <laughs> um, talking about brain fog. Fucking automatically <laughs> pass anywhere. Oh yeah, that's right. So like, contempt is a king. Right. Yeah. And and they're even harder to kill this edition. Um, yeah. In a lot of ways. So a, a lot of the time, and, and yes, because things get locked into hallways, sometimes you're just going to have a unit staring at a contemptor and you're not going to be able to shoot and hurt it and it's going to charge you and just fucking murder you. But having the ability in general for most units to tar pit it for at least a turn yeah until you're really a big. better unit yeah exactly exactly or like as happened in the game that sam and i played you could fail your <laughs> your leadership test and it's actually better because you run out of charge range which happened to me and then like my <laughs> my slow ass terminator unit was sitting there waiting to get shot to shit the next turn um but it was super interesting anyway because, you know, he fell back, I couldn't charge, or, you know, I had to do the surge movement because if you fail a charge, you have to surge, which yep. is something I learned. It's not a may. Yep. Um, and then he tried to shoot me, and I used displace and popped around the corner. So, you know, it, it all sort of worked out. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Like, And the other cool thing is that it, it actually helps um, infantry who aren't fearless more yes it's it's really powerful for them dreadnoughts get no benefit from it because if you yeah, say if oh i'm gonna yeah. brace with my dreadnought you go cool i automatically pass my test to see if i fall back which i don't and then on success oh i automatically pass my morale checks like i was going to anyway so it does nothing for fearless units yeah. It's entirely for not fearless, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a cool set of reactions because I feel like, the, and they're simple. The, they're like really intuitive. Yeah, they're simple. Um, they're really different from the main book, which mm -hmm. I really like. Because, um, like, I will say when I looked at, when, you know, after playing Age of Darkness, and obviously thinking about so Mortalis, like. I was looking at um legion advanced reactions like there's just a mm. 
a shitload of those that would be super obnoxious in this kind of setting. Like any of the yeah. counter charge ones, like get fucked. The Night Lords yeah. one would probably be very annoying. Um, yeah. You know, all that kind of shit. Um, yeah, they're just too hard to balance in a small game. Yeah, so I'm, and I'm, full I, ballistic I like skill. That they just them. Yeah, full ballistic skill Overwatch as well, just fucking really savage. Like, these are way better for Zone Metalis, I think. Yeah, and it really, it, it sort of captures that to and fro dynamic kind of hectic vibe of two forces meeting in a tight space, which is really cool. Yes, and it's um, also, it, like, makes, I don't know, to me, it makes the troops feel like they're doing stuff. They're not just like, oh, yeah, I move up a predetermined amount of uh, inches, I shoot my gun, and you know what I mean? It's a bit more like, oh, if he does this, I do that. Oh, I can see him now. I can't see him, blah, blah, blah. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And, and using your units to to for different roles like i have a flamer unit in my dark angels list and mostly they're there to just say you're not allowed to come near here like they, i don't think i've i think i shot them once <laughs> because yep. anytime you move near your opponent they go yeah nah i'm just going to move away from that so you're basically controlling space with them which is really cool for scoring objectives so it's yeah it's really it's like a rich objective based game just on that, what, yeah. like how many Age of Darkness games have you played where you can legitimately look at a unit of flamers and say, like, this is kind of defining the game right now? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's refreshing. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, yeah, it's super cool. Uh, and I'm definitely but interested to jump time... in with, that, um, with some of the new weapon profiles as well. Like one of the other yeah. things about Zone Metalis before... And this is kind of a, I was thinking about this earlier, and this might be a little bit of a, like a airy-fairy kind of thought, I don't know, but like, the game is pretty different when like the maximum amount of toughness you can have is a contemptor. Like that's the, yeah. that is the hardest thing to kill just about, except for, you know, whatever, random corner cases or whatever. Um, yeah. In general, like that sort of style of big monster thing. Yeah, and yep. also by extension, the kinds of weapons that are available, particularly guns, uh, it, like they're a lot less brutal. So, like, yeah, they're less splashy. Yeah, because you don't, and 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 even if they're the same guns, you're going to have way less opportunity to shoot them. So you could bring ten las cannons to Zone Mortalis, right? Oh yeah, and that—that that is probably, I guess, the strongest gun, like in terms of strength and AP, you could bring. Legion. Yep. Um, you're not going to be able to shoot it, be, unless you're like. Yeah, it wouldn't be a fabulous choice. <laughs> unless you're Death Guard, I guess. But like. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's fine on Death Guard. Well, the thing is that it's such a huge range. You're paying for all that range, and as soon as you line something up, you know, because you're just not going to get massive stretches of corridor if you've done your terrain right so you're going to get like maybe a 20 inch shot and if you're at that long range they're probably just going to duck around a corner so you're you know your last cannons have done nothing so, like, so it's yeah i'll be interested to see what like ends up being because there's a lot of there's a lot of things you've got to be able to answer in especially if you're playing like a thousand points 
because at a thousand points, your opponent could be bringing like a couple of squads of Terminators and two Contemptors. Like, you've got to be able to kill that. No, you can't do that. You, oh, you could, I guess, but like honestly, I, I shouldn't. Like, I, that's really. Shit. I mean, that that was like, that was just me like bringing up the example of like they could bring a lot of two plus armor. And like, yeah, you've got to you, you got to be that, thinking totally. about how to deal with that. Um, and what's interesting now is that the answer in one was really simple to that. It was just bring plasma because plasma kind of kills fucking everything in one yeah. in at least in Zone Mortalis. Like, I guess it didn't kill Contemptors that well, but like, it was okay. It was okay it if you shot them in the butt. Like, they're dead. I mean, you killed them dead that easily, but yeah. Um, like, but now, like, Plasma's okay, and it could yeah. be a good answer, but it's not the, like, you know, the auto-include super obvious, like, this kills everything every time answer it was before. So I'll be interested to see what, like, a Melter Gun's going to be, like, really key. I don't know. Um, Elder Guns are pretty decent. Like, the fact that they double out two wound dudes is legit. And having Shred for wounding um, Dreadnoughts when they're in Armor Bane range is pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, but then you gotta be. It's not nothing. You gotta be sure. danger close to fucking old Snippy oh, yeah, Claws. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but I think Melters are. Yeah, they're much more. I mean, in Age of Darkness in, as well, I think Melter Guns have. Their stock has raised since Plasmas has been, you know, toned down, which is good because, I mean, Plasma is still the most flexible, reliable way of dealing with infantry or dreads, but it's not, it doesn't just kill Terminators. Well, you know especially I mean? like now they're two wounds, like fucking. Exactly. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's. Um, yeah, exactly. They're good. It's just, uh, yeah, they've done the right thing and they've toned that right the hell down, which is good because it was too much. But. Yeah, so the the other things that um, the interesting special rules that make ZM different from Age of Darkness are things like barrage weapons. You can't fire barrage weapons indirectly because you're in a building, right? Um, there are some uh, niche cases where that might not be the case. So at the start of the game, you can you can opt to have ceilings or not. So you know you might be fighting in some sort of Open air labyrinth, which is totally reasonable, um, or a damaged ship typically, during a void battle. Yeah, but typically you will have a roof, yeah. which means no barrage. Uh, the other thing for that is that if you're using a ceiling, you can't deep strike for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, at the moment, there's n- from what I can tell, there's no difference between like a jump pack guide deep striking and a terminator teleporting for those few legions that get access to that yep um that might be something that gets clarified because at least in heresy one teleporting termies were uh, a good option and in fact there was even a right of war for zone mortalis that allowed one squad of terminators to deep strike so with teleport i wouldn't uh, so that was i'd be I'd be surprised if there wasn't some caveat for, because it's also very classic, right? Yeah. Uh, teleporting Terminators into a Space Hulk is like bread and butter 
Yeah, I, I suspect sure. they um, kept the right. Like I, I mean, it was just a white dwarf to release, but I suspect they kept the deep strike stuff simple for now. Yeah, as you say, yeah. until they get the right of war, and they maybe figure out some more interesting or uh, restrictive or punishing uh, deep strike mishaps. Uh, yeah, and that was one thing that you saw in Heresy 1 was that the mishaps were a lot more brutal and, like, like I think it added one or two to your your role on the mishap table and that, you know, pretty much guaranteed that they were going to get either deployed in the bumblefuck nowhere corner or they died. Yeah. So it was it was rough. And so they'll, they'll have something like that, I reckon. I, because I hope so. You're teleporting into a building, so it's it's risky. Yeah, like, um, but I hope that I hope that it is an option. Well, yeah, but like, they've got to be careful with it though, because you can fucking yeah. assault out of deep strike. So like, now, nah. correct. So it's yeah, I think they did the right thing for this limited release to just say not for now. Um, if you've you know if you're playing your friend and you, just, you think you can do it in a not busted way, just fucking house rule it because like that's that's where we're at like. Talk to your opponent. Rule of cool. If you've got a deep striking Terminator unit and it's not going to bust the game wide open, fucking do it. Like, and figure out how to make the mishaps suitably unpleasant. Because you know, having a guy merged with a wall is pretty sweet. Yeah, just off the bat, I would make it so I would try if you were to do it. Just off the bat, some things I would think about maybe house ruling. Um, I would probably suggest you want to have like a like a maybe a bubble around the initial model that you place models in. Um, oh, like a base to base bubble, like so, the old yeah cycling out from the center thing. Yeah, because otherwise, um, I mean, this is opponent dependent, right? Uh, but like. Rules is written, you could put a single model down and then make a fucking snake that goes around three corners and charge someone. You know what I mean? Like just mm, And the other a- thing that makes that even worse, potentially for like, you know, people win at all costs, um, reserves are from turn one in ZM. Mm, okay, cool. Deep strike, yeah. turn one, charging out. Sweet, sweet, and the reason sweet. for that is that when you actually set up your army... Um, you actually have to have like roughly fifty percent in reserve. Is that just and on the mission com- they wrote, or is that in their rules? Because I remember some missions. In- it's not in the rules; it's in the mission. Yeah. But the missions that were available previously, and this is obviously conjecture, most of them had that as part of it because it's um you know it's a smaller table, so deploying all your stuff at once is very congested. Yes. And also just having reserves moving in and out is way more dynamic as well. So it's it works well. Um, and I think the first turn, we didn't actually play it first turn uh, when Sam and I played or when Ben and I played, but it would have made a difference. So it's first turn roll for reserves or they just start yes. coming first yep. turn? No, 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 no. You still roll as per normal. It's just that instead yeah. of it being turn two, it's turn one. Okay. And reserves can only enter from access points. Uh, and there's, you know, there's elaborate rules for how that, well, not elaborate, there's, there's rules for how that works. But basically you just pick some parts on each side of, you know, the, the board to say that's where 
we have doors effectively. Yeah, like or drag claws or, or fucking whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and you sort of agree. Unlike most tables, it'll be pretty obvious. Like, but yeah, it can, it might not be. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the other, some other cool rules that are slightly different from Age of Darkness, blast and template weapons are plus one to wound because you're in confines. Yeah. They're more intense. That's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah so flamers, although they're hard to get off, um, they're good at Overwatch and if some, well, sorry, I should say suppress. Yeah. Not Overwatch, but it's Overwatch. Um, if somebody does you know, go, fuck it, I want to get close enough to charge you this turn. I'll I'll walk into your suppression fire. Suppressive fire? Suppressing fire? Jesus. Yeah. They're going to be wounding on plus one. So it's, it's strong. And blast <laughs> templates don't scatter beyond the wall that they hit, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, and, they don't, and they don't explode either side of the wall. So like if, a, if your template, if you put it somewhere and it scatters to the left into a wall, it stops there. And even if the blast has overhang that is, you know, reaching past the wall on the other side, it doesn't hit there. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's common sense, right? I wouldn't mind... Um... I've got two points about this. First point. Yep. These rules, I don't know what it is. Every time I read these rules about um, template and and blast weapons or blast weapons hitting the walls and stopping, I get this really, really clear memory of one Quake 2 map where you supply shitloads of kids okay. where we would run yep. around and like you'd get the rocket launcher or the BFG immediately, obviously. Um, yeah. And this was on PlayStation. And you 1. shoot the wall, and you shoot the wall like next to where you think they are. Yeah, yeah, and it like shoots yeah. out. And I've just got this image of those explosions in my head, and it's just it's quite mm. nostalgic. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind if Grav or Haywire or those kinds of things went through walls. Some things kind of make sense that they would go through walls. I think you could probably make a case for certain types of terrain that have more permeable walls. So maybe like a certain strength will actually pass through. Uh, yep. But, you know, that then you're getting into minutiae, which could be cool for a, a campaign or whatever. But for just like your basic, you know, bitch-ass rules of... How to conduct yourself in ZM, that's, it's a bit too complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, just, a, I was just, mostly wanted to talk about Quake 2 and PlayStation 1. Um, <laughs> yeah. For the, you know, uh, the so, kiddies out there, we didn't have a right thumbstick. We had four buttons, two for left oh, and right and two for up, up and down. That was bad times. It was fucking yep. sick. I'd go back yep. in a second. So... So there are two more key ZM rules. <clears throat> so nowhere to hide. Basically, if you win a combat, you have plus one to your sweeping advance roll, which mm. makes winning combat even better. And that's, that's sort of a, a counterbalance to the fact that you've got that bracing reaction. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and it also sort of, emulates what it's like to flee in a tight confine like it's very hard to get away 
there's shit in your way. You're like tripping over chairs. Like it's no good. Yeah. And they're trying to make engagements brutal because there's probably going to be fewer yeah. engagements because you're shooting uh, a lot more combat, a lot more combat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what we found anyway, is that, that things are getting decided in melee. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. it's good. And if you do get away, if you're falling back for whatever reason, if you even pass by a friendly unit within one inch or you end your movement, your fallback movement, um, that unit that your fleeing unit walked by has to take a morale check. Mm. It's like old panic rules in, in fantasy. Like yeah. you, I mean, obviously fearless units ignore that, but like, and they then themselves might route. So, you know, it, again, to indicate that it's, it's chaos in the ZM. You don't know what the fuck's happening. Yeah, yeah, and plus, like, you know, look, I know there's going to be some people out there, some people on the internet, who might look at that rule and, and say something like, to the effect of, like, but why would Space Marines panic? I've thought about this a great deal. And I don't believe they would panic in this situation. They're Space Marines. Um, but they're fucking... They're like brainwashed, like they're 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 super soldiers. Like they do everything yeah. in a fucking like perfect unity and all that shit. I don't believe they're that smart. I think if fucking one group saw another group running back in clo- like close proximity, they'd just fall in line. This makes perfect sense to me. Space Marines are idiots. <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, if, if you see your buddies running for their lives, then you probably go, well, I mean, maybe I should join them. Like, it's not even a stupid thing. You know what I mean? It's like, a, that's actually pretty reasonable. And then we can all regroup together because they regroup easy, right? Because they're disciplined. We'll just so, you know. continue running it forever and ever because they're night lords and they're cowards. I'm out. So those are, that's the main gist of the, the special rules for ZM. Um, there's rules for all the different types of terrain. Uh, and one key thing to to consider is that ZM doesn't use regular heresy terrain types. Yes. So there are different, you know, and that, that has some interesting impl- implications. So, for example, as far as I can tell, that means there's no difficult or dangerous terrain in ZM. They've replaced it with something called hazardous terrain, which is something like an amalgam between them, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's not as brutal as dangerous terrain in some ways, but it's not as like simple as difficult. Yeah, and it's rarer because you know it's it's sort of meant to represent you know running through a fire or something. Yeah, so, or, you know or... we won't get into the nitty gritty of it, but yeah, well, I mean, like you're most likely in fucking ships or some sort of factory or foundry or something and like yeah. it is the 40th millennium but occasionally you're going to go around the corner and you're going to see a little a yellow a-frame with some black writing on it that says slippery when wet right so yeah. you've got to fucking be careful even if you're an and the, the phosphax vat has just like leaked out into the floor. Yeah, yeah, and you're waiting for the the hygiene servitor or whatever the fuck menial to come out <laughs> and clean it. Um, and you may be an eight to nine foot tall demigod 
But it hurts when you fall and you crack your knee. It actually doesn't matter how big and tough you are. So yeah, this is hazardous yeah. terrain. Or if you're moving through <clears throat> like superheated fucking steam or something like that, you know, it's it's probably not going to be lots of fun to sit in it for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, to me, this makes more sense um, because that the dangerous and and um, difficult terrain, uh, you know, it's a tiered rule set of terrain to to uh, represent specific things, um, which yeah. are uh, less likely to occur in this kind of battle. It does also mean that all the factions that have things that ignore difficult or dangerous terrain or whatever don't work with hazardous terrain. And anything that creates difficult or dangerous terrain doesn't do it in ZM, as far as I can tell. I need to, like, really figure out the the nitty-gritty of that. Mm. But, for example, so there's no rule. It, it, it says, like, it doesn't use those types. So I'm not sure if that means straight up there's no difficult or dangerous, but I think it does. I'm going to say, I mean, I'm guessing that they will have some sort of, like, when they do the fuller rule set, they'll go into this more. I think so. I mean, like, yeah. I think basically what they're saying is, like, oh, you leave it a little um, graviton cloud. It's hazardous terrain here. Um, it's a little bit different because they can grab the handholds on the walls and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just a, it's a different feeling. So it'll be interesting to see because I think, yeah, not having things like the dangerous terrain left by a grav gun um, does change the game, but it also means that something like uh, Eschaton Imperative doesn't work in ZM, which is a good thing. Yeah. Because that would be unbearable. Yeah, that would be so, pretty obnoxious. Yeah, so I think it, it's cool. It also resets the rules for things like jump packs and skimmers and bikes and whatever. Anything that's, that ignores difficult terrain and treats it as dangerous instead doesn't ignore the penalties from hazardous terrain. That's a good point. Um, so it, it just resets all that stuff and it's... It's yeah, it's interesting. It, there's also like a if you're in hazardous terrain, if you're shooting out of it or even into it, I guess uh, you're at minus one to hit. Ah, uh, uh, night vision, which is ignored that. by night vision. Yeah, so you know, there's there's a bunch of these little rules. There's rules for things like ladders and stairwells and columns and walls, and because you can't just vertically move up and down terrain like you normally would. Yeah. In heresy, you have to use things like stairs, ladders. Yeah. So there's rules for these, and there's elaborate, interesting rules for doors. Um, basically, doors can be like controlled by one player or another, or they could be neutral. In which case, you could go and anybody could open or close it if they come up to it. They can be blown up, or or they can be locked, and you have to like you know bust through them. And so they're basically buildings. So small doors have three hole points large doors so you know the, the size that would need a drip that could allow dreadnought to walk through six hole points yeah uh, any penetrating hit is d3 hole points but doors don't explode or suffer catastrophic you know any of that sort of stuff with buildings so they're, they're it's quite a you automatically hit them for example yeah. because they're buildings you know yeah. you, you can't you know broadside of a barn and all that so yeah and they, oh they have armor value of 10 
Yeah. So, you know, they're not the hardest thing to get through, but they might take some time if you're relying on you're automatically hitting crack grenades for your squad. And these doors, by the way, are, I mean, as far Actually, as I they can won't tell, have to worry. Uh, like the reason that breaches have breaching charges, for example. Um, I mean, you might play with fortifications yeah. and shit in your Age of Darkness games. I mean, fucking whatever. It's your life. But, um, like, primarily it's for doors in ZM, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it's it's actually questionable whether you you even need them because, like I say, crack grenades probably are going to be enough. Auto hitting strength six, so you're glancing on a four per crack grenade, and any five or six does D three whole points instead. So crack grenades are probably going to get through it. Yeah, you don't even need the breaching. Yeah, so that's something to think. But you know, if you have a very small squad of like, if you have that token five squad of recon marines they they might take two turns to get through it whereas you know or you might get unlucky whereas a breaching squad will definitely get through pretty much absolutely any if you have like if you have it like three guys in a squad you're going to get through a door yeah 100 yeah yeah there's um it's it's uh i like these little rules i mean they're pretty they're similar yet different from first said zm again um for example like uh there are less rules around like the strength of weapons so uh, before like weapons yeah, that were strength five plus. i believe would get rending plus one um mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff um which was cool um and like you could counter that if you had um void hardened armor uh, which which yep. is not really a thing anymore, I don't believe. No, it's sort of been replaced with heavy, yeah. which um, heavy shines a lot more in ZM, which is another cool thing because in general I'm not the hugest fan of heavy. But because even like your lowly frag grenade, if you get close enough to someone to throw it, it's at plus one strength. That's true. So, or your basic flame or even hand flamers actually start being pretty scary. Oh yeah. Uh, so being able to re-roll those saves is legit. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and like having having the token flamer in your squad actually starts feeling reasonable because it makes your Overwatch potential just so much better. You can just be like, cool. All right, yeah, you can come in this space, but my my vet squad has a flamer, so you can take D three strength five hits if you like. Yeah. I think the only thing this rule set, um, I think maybe they don't even want it to be this way, so I could be wrong. But I look at this rule set and there's one thing I think that could happen to make it a bit better, um, mm-hmm. which is rules for jump and jetpacks that are... To, to indicate that it's like dangerous to be jumping around a building yeah because they're pretty unrestricted at the moment and like movement yeah same with skimmers yeah oh no actually i don't think you can even have skimmers because they're anti-grav but even motorbikes like motorbikes zooming around a building doesn't seem very safe yeah and although they did it in dawn of the dead and that was sick so yeah yeah and like it is to me jump packs um do make sense in zam but I, I I look at it and go I would I think it would be cooler if there was, um and and like 
I don't know what this looks like, but something interesting to do with jump packs that isn't just like, uh, you have to roll a d6 every time you move, and on a one that model loses a wound. Like, you know, if that is the answer, that's fine. That is their typical, the typical sort of rule for um, these kinds of things in, in weird terrains and whatever. Um, I just feel a little unrestricted, and and like I know from experience, like, that kind of movement in ZM is just super strong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you can, maybe maybe our audience can chip in if they've got any thoughts about how you could uh, home rule jump packs and jet packs to give them some sort of risk to the, you know, massive buff that is the Uber movement. I wouldn't even mind if, like, if they exploded or something, like... And hit model a model and base to base or something when they died or something like you know just whatever it doesn't matter it's such an open platter for rules like and, and like yeah. you remember like we we'd play games and like you could turn the gravity off or yeah totally or they'd be fucking yeah. um you it would be simulating being in the middle of a, a void battle and fucking like you had a chance that a a missile or a drug claw or something would hit a room and um, it would explode or uh, yep. the power would go out or, you know, whatever. Doors would malfunction. Um, security systems would activate and fucking rotor cannons would pop out of the ceiling or, or what. Absolutely. It's, it's, such it, a good, it's a really rich, yeah. Yeah, it just rewards just going in and, and like really fucking around with missions and ideas and and having a go and just doing it, um, as well as just like in a vanilla, unaltered state, being quite cool. So totally, yeah. And like the, it's really yeah. You get lots of opportunity to do things with like command consoles and security systems and swapping control of doors and that kind of stuff, or like pitfall traps. Like you can have anything. Like if you can think of think of it in like a building or a spaceship or whatever you can do it and and you can make rules that make sense and as long as it's not super asymmetrical without you know some buff to the other side like it's going to be fun or even if it is asymmetrical like it's fucking 30k who cares like make it fun you know what i mean yeah yeah well that's the that's the main thing and if that's the gist of it it's like you're doing a desperate last defense against overwhelming odds. Those kind of missions can be fun. It's just that you're changing the parameters of what victory means for the the side that's vastly, you know, getting fucked by the situation. Yeah, which so it's not that they're not trying to, you know, kill them all. It's more like, can you survive for five turns or whatever? Oh yeah, can you, you know, stop them from getting? Can you, you know, do the Gandalf thing or you shall not pass or, yeah, or exactly. whatever? Any number of things. Um, and it's a good platform for asymmetrical games as well because it's not as long. Like, you can play massive games. Don't get me wrong. You could play any amount of points if you've got a huge table and play with ZM rules and whatever. But typically, you're going to be in the somewhere between 750 to, like, 1,500-point range. Um, I would recommend 1K. That seems to work. But like, And that's where, you know, the majority of games are going to play. So you can try something. If it doesn't work, then you haven't wasted setting up your fucking massive army and a three-hour game or whatever like it's it's an hour plus well, we, we were doing two or three games of 1500 points a night in a sitting yeah totally um, totally last 
And once you're on top of the rules, this is, it's not that hard. And the reactions are very intuitive. Yeah. And it's a lot, it's a lot less set up. And, and, and also it's a cool thing I really like about it. Having it as an option is the kind of army I'm looking to make in Zone Mortalis or the kind of loadouts things would have or whatever. Like it, it, it's, it's different. You have a, you, it's a yeah. different game. So it's a real chance to like, you know, maybe you're not someone who wants breaches in in your in your regular army, but you think breaches look fucking sick. Well, do you know what? Yeah. Zone Mortalis exists. Get fucking fifteen breaches or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Breaches are sick in ZM. Can confirm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and 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 that's great because that's that's <laughs> like should be right. <laughs> that's their job. Um, Absolutely. Or, you know, whatever. Maybe, yeah. It's just maybe your tank man in fucking Age of Darkness and, you know, play with the gun picks for a bit. Um, yeah. Or I'm even thinking about doing uh, just a little thousand point, just damn little death guard list because I've got some death trials still from last time around. Um, and I might. Yeah, the barrier to entry is really low. It's, it's good. Yeah, and, and and look, if you split one of those, I think we'll do like probably an episode or part of an episode on this. But just like briefly, if, if yeah, like a like a how to start ZM episode, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, um, but if you split uh, that starter box with someone, you could get multiple some Tiles armies out of that. Easy. Uh, I, I think probably, I mean, excluding the, the tank, obviously, I think you probably will need it all for one person. Do you reckon? Or, or the majority. 40 it's Marines like, and again, 10 Terminators, you... isn't it? Is it 40? I thought it was 30 Marines. No, it's 40. You sure? Sure. Well, if it's forty, then that's probably enough. Yeah. Yeah. Or or, or even something simple like Although, fuck uh, the Spartan off for yeah, a contender and something else, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you if you get two boxes, then between two people, you'll be able to make heaps and heaps of different stuff. But I think probably one person to a box is going to be like a very good, flexible. You're going to get them. You know, pretty much anything you want, apart from like legion specific stuff. Yeah. And some things that don't have upgrade kits or whatever, like breaches. But, um, yeah, it's a good play. Anyway, we'll, we'll, I, I think you're right. We should do an episode on how to start ZM and do, like, even, you know, do a little bit of a, a Legion deep dive and say, you know, do uh, four or five Legions in an episode and say, here's some cool stuff that you could bring. Um, yeah. And, and, like, even if you are just starting from the, the box set, we can... I reckon we can make like two or three, four lists or whatever, and say here's the here's all the different things you could do just straight out of the box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like just even keeping them um, <laughs> genderless. I mean, you know, a legional. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, legion agnostic. Uh, legion agnostic. Keep them painted grey, but not word bearers grey, obviously. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, just go. Yeah, we could. I. I mean, I was kind of tooling around before with like a recon list kind of thing. Um, Pride of the Legion's obviously really good. Um, 
Yeah, so that's some good foreshadowing for what we can do, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fear of the ancients, uh, you should not do. Um, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. That's, I mean, there's there's a few things that are, like, obviously too good, so just don't bring fear of the ancients. Well, maybe not even... That's silly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that... Or if you do, like, you could... You totally can. If you've set up with your opponent, you say, I'm going to bring nothing but dreadnoughts, and they go, oh, cool, I will make a list that can try and deal with that. Uh, and that will be a fine game. Just don't turn up to an event with, you know, whatever it is, five dreadnoughts that you could run. Maybe I think it's only about five in a thousand. I'd be, inter- I'd be interested it, to do Fear of the Ancients at a thousand points. Not me play it, but someone else play it. And I want to see if I can make in Zone Mortalis. I want to see if I can make a list that can actually handle that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could, but like, it's it's like what playing knights used to playing against knights used to be like or titans. It's like tell your opponent beforehand so they don't just bring a bunch of stuff they can't do anything. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of thinking yeah. that. I think probably the only thing you could really do is just like spam thunder hammers. Yeah, anyway, we can that's talk fun. about that in the next episode. But um, so the, that's our plan moving forward. We'll, we'll do some episodes more on ZM stuff and like talk about all the, all the cool different narrative um, mission types that you could do and how you could use them in even in a, a mixed format setting. So you can like augment your, your tournament by having a ZM that influences your Age of Darkness games or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's something we'll, we'll dive into as well. Yeah. And, um, and terrain, like uh, I'll just quickly say, like I've I've made a fairly cheap, pretty cool, and like it will it will get better over time. Board out of stuff that I got all at Bunnings. Yep. Um, and it's you know, and you can do it as cheap or as expensively as you want. Um, but I've I basically made a three by three magnetized modular system for like I don't know, like. 80 bucks. It's pretty sweet. Probably. It's pretty sweet. Um, I mean, it's probably, it's, it's probably more once you get paints and whatever in there, but like, it's about that. And, you know, and it's just using some things like, uh, what do you call this foam stuff? You know, those gym mats, the ones that sort of like puzzle together to make different sizes using that as a, yeah. Using that as like, uh, an underlay for vinyl floor tiles to give give you like a colored textured surface. And then using um, insulation foam to make walls and columns. And then I've got like, and like I said, I was heavily inspired by the ZM, the Necromunda ZM cardboard tiles that had like different layouts for, Mm. and I I basically copied all of those. And I'm not restricted in the way they are because mine don't glue down. Mm But uh, I basically drove a nail into each of the columns, mm-hmm. leaving like a big flat metal head on the bottom. And I created a grid of magnets. So you just, it just locks in and it's, yeah, it's sweet. Magnets did nothing wrong. Um... <laughs> so, and you know, you can, and you can go way cheaper than that. Like you could just do it straight on to like MDF and use timber for walls and paint it all gray and boom, like you, you would have like a pretty sweet looking, like not unreasonable. Table. And that's three by so, three, you know, right? Mine is. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's fucking yeah. kitchen table size. Like that's, 
let's exactly. do it and on the, the floor foam, in your you studio size. You know what I mean? Like it's great. Yeah. And with the with the foam underlay thing, well, it's not underlay. It's like the foam mats that I've you know cut to the size of the to the, to the vinyl tiles. Like they stack up, so they store super easy. All the walls just go in a box, and because it's foam, you can put that on any surface, and it won't damage it. It's just squishy foam. So yeah. that's sick. Yeah, and you can chuck it in your car. Like it's it's you know it doesn't take up much space. You can fit two of these tables on a standard six by four. So thinking about, because we want to try and get like an ongoing, um, you know, regular meetup campaign thing, maybe, you know, weekly is a bit ambitious, but like fortnightly or monthly where we all get together and do some events, do some like an ongoing narrative event, like thinking about trying to just get, you know, a, a moderate amount of space, you can fit two of these, tables on a six by four easy with some space either side so you get six inches on either side of the table um because it's you know it's three foot yep. width not four um for you know for models or dead dead models dice books yep. whatever um and so you know that's four players playing on a six by four yep. so for a reasonable event like for like 12 people hanging out that's only three tables and also, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and um, like that's that's not that much space to consume. So you can go to a pub, you know what I mean? Like you can just get somebody with a, a, a ute to bring three six by four MDFs, yeah. and then you know if a bunch of people have made these three by threes, then boom, you've got an instant event. It's and you know bar food and drinks. I think it's easy. a great idea. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh like pocket warhammer it is well you know as much yeah. as warhammer can be pocket warhammer <laughs> and it doesn't and like you can you can do it on a weeknight and like people with kids or people with like you know shit jobs that exhaust them or whatever you know not looking at anyone <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know like you can get a game or even two in once you know it and you know you can leave at a reasonable time get to bed like yeah, kiss the dog goodnight, that kind of stuff, and it's not going to fucking destroy you for the next day. Yeah, I, I'm really into it. it yeah, great. and uh, can it's also if you do want a big game in that kind of context or a bigger game, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, two two teams of a thousand points per player. Um, yeah, great. It's a great way of doing it. You can even do it fifteen hundred points. Per player, um, you do need a obviously yeah, a bigger absolutely. table. Four by six at that stage is what I would recommend because it can get a little crowded. Uh, but those games well, go I quick mean, too, man. The, yeah, even with the the setup I'm talking about, where people are bringing three by threes, you know, you can make a six by three True. and have two thousand on either side, and that's totally reasonable. Yep. Like that's not going to feel congested. And like they, for example, they suggest for up to 2,000 points, a 4x4. Four four. So a 6x3 is going to be way more ample than that. That's true. That's true. And, you know, and, and like with, with these, because they are basically foot and a half squares that you can move around. Yeah, you can make a, you know, obviously a 6x3, but you can make a 3x4.5, which is a somewhere like a sweet spot in between for like doing 1,500 points if you want to do a bigger game at home or whatever. Now, obviously, you're not going to fit multiple of those tables on a 6x4 board. But, you know, whatever. Like, there's lots of options. 
Yeah. Uh, and like you could you could even do like the mad mega square where you go like four and a half by four and a half or like six by six. Yeah. You know, because you've got these massive one and a half foot square vinyl tiles. Oh, six foot. So, yeah. Um that that's a big fucking yeah, you, you, square. Yeah, I, I mean like you gotta you gotta account for people having to lean over the table and not 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 yeah. all Warhammer players are most felt characters <laughs> yeah so i mean apart from needing a crane to get to like a center objective probably like, i mean you could do a four and a half by four and a half and i reckon you would still be able to reach most stuff. oh yeah easy but yeah yeah so and I'll, I'll post some pictures up on on the Bottle. facebook group um so that people can see what i've done if they want to critique it give me some feedback or whatever or if they if they want like a tutorial for how i've done i can run them through it but um yeah it's worked well for the games i've played so far and it's been pretty pretty fun little project pretty easy to knock out and it's a lot less intimidating than trying to do a six by fours worth of terrain for a regular game that's for sure yeah yeah well it's funny even though it's kind of way more stuff on the table it's in a sense simpler uh, yeah and like i said i mean i've done effectively concrete walls right so like there's a bunch of cutting and whatever but, but like the painting of it it's you know it's, it's, a, it's your classic undercoat dark gray and then i dry brush a light gray and it looks like you know concrete so it's not that big a deal and you can again you can go nuts and do weathering and whatever and i might do some stuff but like yeah it looks like concrete yeah. like it's, it's good enough yeah good enough good yeah. enough um, so, I mean, I feel like we've kind of covered the, you know, the introduction basics to Zone Mortalis in 2.0. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll leave it for me by uh, posing the question to uh, many listeners. Like, what, what have your experiences of Zone Mortalis been, you know, whether it be 1.0 or 2.0? Um what are some of the missions you've enjoyed or or you know kind of event things or um and and what are you going to run tell us your shit yeah and what would you like what would you like to see in missions as well because i really enjoyed writing up that one and i've got a plan to like make a mission pack basically to like give people some options for just pick up games but, um, you know, and the mission, I, I figure we'll, we'll build up a mission repertoire as the, you know, event unfurls and we need different types of missions. So, you know, if you've got a cool idea, drop it in um, and, you know, we can chat it out and maybe I can write it up and get some feedback from you, whatever. Like, if you've got an idea, shout it out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, that, that's been me and that's been you. All right. So thanks, thanks everyone. Guys. Thanks for sticking with us after uh, a month of silence, uh, especially now that we know how to do it via Discord. Uh, even if we get sick, we should be able to do episodes a lot easier now. So you'll hear more from us soon. See ya. See ya.